Take a short break. So today we started reading the portion of Vayishlach. And very interesting, the opening verse states, Vayishlach Yaakov Malochim, the Yaakov sends Malochim. Malochim can have really two meanings, the word Malochim. Malochim in Hebrew can either mean messengers, or Malachim can mean angels. You know, a Malach is an angel. Or a Malach can also mean a, a messenger. Now, Yaakov was constantly in trouble. I mean, he just finally finished his sojourney, so to speak, with Lovon over there while he lived with Lovon for 20 years. And uh, he finally got out and Lovon was chasing him and Lovon did everything bad to him. And as he's leaving Lavan, he hears, now Esav is coming. So now Esav is here. Now, originally, why did Yaakov go to Lavan? Because he was afraid from Esav. Because after taking the firstborn, the blessings from Yitzchak, Esav wanted to kill him. So they advised him, his parents advised him, that you go until the anger of your brother will subside, and he'll forget what you've done to him, and he'll no longer bother you. But the Ace of Arusha was so angry, he didn't subside. The anger didn't stop all these years, 20 years later. Matter of fact, it was actually 34 years later. Because according to the, uh, Rashi brings down, according to the Medrash, there was an additional 14 years that are not mentioned in the Pasuk. So 34 years later, he still angry, he's still ready to go and kill his brother. So now Yaakov is finally done with Lovon, so now he's faced with, 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 uh, with the danger with Esau. So it says, Vayishlach Yaakov Malochim. So Yaakov sends Malochim. What does these Malochim means? Rashi translates right away. Malochim Mamesh. He actually sent actual angels. Imagine Yaakov had to his disposal. He had angels to his disposal. It wasn't malachim, it wasn't just, angel, uh, just messengers. But Rashi says it was mamash malachim, it was actually angels. So he had actual angels to his brother to find out what's going on, what's happening, how are we doing with Esau? And they say to him, and they told him to go check out his brother. He says, you call him your brother, you think that he is Family, he's no family. He is Esau, Harasha. He's coming with 400 men. He's ready to fight and to hurt uh, Yaakov. No. So what does Yaakov do? So it says Yaakov was afraid. Why was Yaakov afraid? Hashem just appeared to Yaakov in the previous parish in his dream. And he tells to Yaakov, don't be afraid. You know, I'll be with you. I'll protect you. Now, why is all of a sudden Yaakov afraid? So, the Gemara brings down, actually, also the Gemara Brachas on this, and Rashi brings down a little bit later, Rashi brings down that even the righteous people who are tzaddikim, who are righteous, and they know that they serve Hashem with all their heart and all their mind, they know they try their best, but they never rely, they never count on their merits. And especially in this case, Yaakov thought to himself that even though Hashem promised him, even though Hashem has 
told him that he will protect him, but maybe he's already gotten all the payment for all the good deeds that he's done. Maybe now it's a new era. Maybe it's not going to withstand him. He didn't rely on the privileges. Although, it's a little bit schwer in the pshat, I think. You know, again, I'm just throwing this out. Because Hashem's promise to him wasn't that much long ago. It was right in the parsha when you read in the end of Parsha's Vayetzei. Hashem promises in him. It seems like these stories, I don't know the exact, there wasn't really much time in between, but this was a promise that Hashem promised him right in the end of the last parsha when Hashem says to him that he will protect him. Over there it says. So it seems like even from a promise which comes re- really fairly recent, even in that they don't rely. So there's a big difference here. You see, there's a big difference. It's not, God forbid, that Yaakov doubted Hashem's promise. He just thought that Hashem's promise, Hashem kept. There's no question that Hashem was given the promise. He wasn't doubting, he wasn't afraid because of Hashem's promise. But what it is, he thought that Hashem's promise may have been already fulfilled, and therefore it's not going to come true, not because Hashem is not going to keep His promise, but because maybe things have happened since then. And perhaps that's why I think Rashi also brings down, see there's two things. In the Gemara, I believe the Lushan is that he thinks that maybe he's already gotten paid for it. Maybe he's already gotten all the rewards, so that's it. So for the promise, Hashem's protection he's already got. Hashem protected him from Lovan, so Hashem already done that. That's the, the, the language in the Gemara. But in Rashi, later on, the language is that he thought, maybe I've done something wrong. Maybe nislachlachti b'chait. So he thought, so I think that maybe Rashi in the Chumash, who teaches according to the simple meaning, doesn't think that uh, the Hashem's promise that came so close beforehand, you can't say that that has already become fulfilled because that promise just happened now. So how did it become fulfilled? It just takes place right then and there. So therefore Rashi says that he thought maybe I've done something wrong. But this goes to show to us a level of a tzaddik. That tzaddikim, even though they have a right, and they have privileges, and technically they can demand from Hashem, and say, you owe it to me, you know, but nevertheless, they never use that kind of an attitude to Hashem that they ever owes it to them. They always use a lotion of beseeching Hashem, asking for Hashem's favor, asking for Hashem's kindness. And in uh, his expression to Hashem, he says, He says, Hashem, I've been diminished of all the kindness that you've done with me. I went here just with a stick alone. He had nothing, as Rashi explained. Esav's son chased after him, took away everything that he owned. He came here with zero. And now I have two camps, meaning I have Baruch Hashem, God has helped me. So she's asking Hashem, protect me from my brother Esau, who doesn't want to treat me like a brother, he wants to treat me like an Esau. But there was something else also, as Rashi says. Not only was, uh, was Yaakov afraid for himself, but Yaakov also didn't want to hurt anybody else also. He wasn't only afraid that he's going to get hurt, but he didn't want to hurt anybody. He didn't want to kill Esav either. 
Yaakov wasn't somebody, he wasn't going to show Esau who's stronger. He wanted to actually avoid and get away. As we see, he, he prepared himself for a gift. He brought him a nice gift. Maybe he'll accept it. He prepared himself with prayer. He davened Hashem to help him. But he also prepared himself with war. He got ready in case we need to. He's going to fight him. And he's going to um, be victorious. So, as lesson to us is that whenever we need Hashem's help for everything, number one, we shouldn't say to Hashem that He owes it to us. We should never use that kind of an attitude. We should always be humble ourselves before Hashem and ask Hashem for mercy, that notwithstanding that we're not deservant of it, but still we ask for Hashem. But we should always be ready with a gift, always give tzedakah. And then, most important that we know that the Ebishter wants us sometimes to do derechateva. If we have to stand up, we have to fight the enemies, especially in Eretz Yisrael, in places where people want to do harm. Of course, the Hashem protects us, but Hashem wants us to also do the natural ways. If we have to prepare ourselves, we try to work things out, and we try to make b'sholem, we try to do things in a nice way. But at the end of the day, if we need to have war, Yaakov is ready for that. But the Ebishter, as we learned in Yutas Kislev, nafshi, that he doesn't even need to come unto war. The fact that you are strong and you are confident that no matter what, you all be able to be successful with Hashem's help, then you're actually successful. So that you don't need war and that you don't need, and then you are victorious. Fortunately, I just want to mention, we heard terrible human tragedy, whatever it is, you know, it's still uh, God's creation. Everybody's God's creation. This is a, a terrible tragedy for so many people, any, any human life. And we're talking about Yaakov was even concerned, one person, Esau, who was an enemy, was trying to kill him. Yaakov still didn't want to kill him. That means the value of life, anyone's life, is so precious that even an enemy, and I've heard the Lubavitcher Rebbe say in, at some occasions, even at the war in Israel, when Israel was a war in the Arabs, the Rebbe was uh, pushing very strongly, suggesting very strongly, and uh, pushing the people that they should do it quickly because the Rebbe said, it's also important not to have many casualties on the other sides also. We don't want just people, we want the war to be over. We want it to be won, won decisively, and do what we have to do without attrition, without causing a lot of casualties to the other side. That's also very important. So we see that even an enemy like Esau, even an enemy, it's still human creation, it's God's creation that Hashem created these people. And hopefully they won't go around and do bad to us. Eventually, sometimes they unfortunately take this opportunity of, you know, sometimes we see that Israel lets out prisoners and they, they turn around and they go back and they continue the things that they did before and worse. But here, when we hear such a terrible tragedy of such a loss of life, that is certainly something which we should all be sad about. It's not something that we should be happy about, chaz v'shalom. And even though it doesn't affect us or our immediate families immediately, but that's a human, such suffering and such pain, Shem should help that the world should be a stable world, in a world that there should be peace, in the world that there should be only goodness and kindness, and the world should be prepared for the coming of Mashiach. Tzidkenu, b'meheru b'meheru, amen.